which player Kirk Cousins needs to bust past Bill Belichick's defense, plus how KOC can win Rookie Coach of the Year. It's our special Thanksgiving breakdown. It's coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now it's Superior Sports Talk with CARE 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. It's 30 minutes every day, and it's all the Minnesota sports you need. It's Superior Sports Talk, and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Lockdown Sports Minnesota. It's your daily 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports, which you can now find streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for our Lockdown Sports Minnesota app there as well. See that? That's the man, Reggie Wilson, on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV. Check him out every night up on CARE 11. Wednesday, Reg, tis the season, got Vikings football on Thanksgiving Day week. Hey, where does this holiday rank for you when you stack them all up? It's top two. It's mm. top two for me. Mm-hmm. Christmas is number one forever and always, and Thanksgiving mm-hmm. is right there. I got so many rich memories from Thanksgiving growing up. I was just telling my wife about that yesterday. Um, brings back a lot of rich memories. Sometimes makes me a little emotional thinking about, you know, the people who are no longer with us that I had a great time enjoying the holiday with. Thanksgiving is just a great, it, it, it brings all the feels. I'm right with you. Christmas, numero uno, no doubt. Thanksgiving, for sure, a staple though in that top three. As a kid, you know, 4th of July, Minnesota mm. summer vacation, playing baseball every day, watch the fireworks with the whole fam and yeah. the neighborhood on the deck. That was always magical too, but Thanksgiving for sure in that top three. Easter, New Year's Eve, Labor Day, Halloween, Memorial Day, kind of on that second tier for me. All right, mm-hmm. so much to get into, but first, remember, follow along Locked On Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button, leave us a comment, and on Twitter, give us a follow. It's at Locked On. M-I-N. And remember, we're a podcast too, free and available, all platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it, we got it. Tons of great choices over there. You got the Ron Johnson Show, you got the Football Party, and more. Your one-stop shop with endless Vikings talk with local experts. Do us a favor, hit the subscribe button, and drop us a five-star review. Speaking of YouTube, every day posting a new poll up on that Lockdown Minnesota YouTube community page. Yesterday, I asked fans, which phase of the game is most vital for the Vikings to win Thursday versus the Patriots? Four options. You got your quarterback, Kirk Cousins, the offensive line, the special teams play, or the coaching. Here were the results. Back-to-back days, offensive line takes the cake in a landslide. Nearly 80% of the votes. Coaching clearing away those second place with 15%. The people want KOC to hold his own versus the GOAT, Bill Belichick. Kirk Cousins, he gets some vote, 5%. And then like three people voted for special teams. Not much there. I want to get your take on this here, Reg, in a moment. But first, remember, go check out that Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube page every day and post a new poll. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss a beat and go comment. Let us know what you think. Okay, so speaking of keys to this Thursday game, Vikings, of course, quick turnaround. They're trying to bury the memories of that Cowboys game as quickly as possible. They're hosting their very first game ever on Thanksgiving Day in franchise history. They get to go from the number one defense in the NFL to the number two defense in the league in the Patriots defense. And of course, you go from guys like Micah Parsons to now Matthew Judon, who you mentioned yesterday, leads the league with 13 sacks. This defense, man. 
man, is just stacked. Judon, Devin McCourty, Kyle Duggar at safety. Now they got this fourth-round rookie, cornerback Jack Jones. He's an absolute stud. Reg, I look at this defense, and while the scheme and philosophies, they vary a bit from Dallas, just the overall sheer talent and just intimidation when you line up across from them, it's imposing. The people were right in the poll. Like, you have to be able to hold up Kirk's protection. You got to set yourself up in third and manageables. That's the biggest key for me in this game flat out when I look at this matchup top to bottom because anything longer than, I'm not even kidding you, third and seven versus this Belichick defense, it's almost no man's territory. Just ask the Jets and the Colts. They win a combined three of 28 on third down. Colts, 0 for 14. They didn't convert a single third down against the Patriots two weeks ago. I mean, it's wild to think about, but that's how tight of a ship Bill Belichick is running right now with that defense. What's another key to the game for you that you're looking at in some of these matchups and how these two teams like to play ball? Well, look, no disrespect to the Jets or the Colts, mm-hmm. but those two defenses or offenses, I should say, are <laughs> atrocious. Like the the Jets, they can't figure out what they're doing. That quarterback, even with the weapons that Zach Wilson has, he just doesn't have the ability to get the ball to them for some reason. Like he's got some studs. Garrett Wilson was pretty vocal after their mm. their uh, loss. Elijah Moore, Sunday. yeah, off. Yeah, he wanted out. You know, mm-hmm. after what three, four games, they were like, "Nobody, we're holding on to you." <laughs> We're going to keep you in this purgatory. <laughs> it's like, get me out of here. He's like Brandon Cooks in Houston. Get me out of here. But I think, you know, it, it's interesting. As, as much as the Patriots defense should get the credit, and they should, okay? They should. But you look at them, and you're like, they didn't play the Vikings offense. And we've seen what this Vikings offense is capable of, them being able to – hang in there with the explosive offense like the Buffalo Bills. The the Vikings don't have the offense that these last two teams that the Patriots faced have. And you look at it, you know, their their schedule, I'm looking at it right now, they gave up 33 points to the Bears. They they gave up 37 points to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. They gave up 27 points to the Packers. So, like, the defense, yes, is good, and they're coming on as of late, but, like, they can be beat. Mm-hmm. And this is an offense that has weapons all over the field. If they can protect Cousins, look, if they listen to what Justin Jefferson had to say and they adjust the offense to get the ball out of Kirk's hands quicker and get the get the ball into the playmaker's hands and let them make some plays, we see some big yak-type stuff on Thursday. They have a chance to to run it up on this Patriots team. Like they're not all world, you know what I right, mean. And, right. and if the defense can do their part and and hold back Mac Jones in that offense, I call him Mac and Cheese on Thanksgiving. <laughs> they can they can really kind of run it up on this team. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do. They really feel disrespected and embarrassed by that loss on Sunday. You can tell by mm. the things that they said. You know, they, they talked about Dalvin Cook yesterday in the locker room, talked about how he's like, look, we're men. We don't like to see our, our other guy on the ground like that. We got to look at, look at each other, look at ourselves as men, and, mm-hmm. and not allow something like that to happen again. And he meant that. And they've been so salty since Sunday. 
knowing that that's something that doesn't define who they are and how quickly the national perception has changed by one game after a thrilling game against Buffalo, this one game against the Cowboys. Now all of a sudden the national perspective has changed that stark. And so I think they have something to prove. So they have to protect Kirk. They have to establish the run. They have to be stout on defense, establish the pass rush again, because they are at their best when they are meeting at the QB once again, and really be able to dominate this game like, like we expect to see them dominate. And they really also need some some bigger contributions from special teams other than the big boot from Ryan Rice's leg. Yeah. No, you're right. Like, this isn't that 2000 Ravens defense with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Suggs <laughs> and everybody else. But they are on a heater right now. I mean, they've won three straight. And if I'm the Patriots, I know my run defense is probably going to be able to hold their own. That's just what they do. But I'm focused on one guy and one guy only. It's stopping Justin Jefferson. And I'm telling you right now, rest assured, you're going to see a ton of double, maybe even triple coverage, just like they did last time these two teams played in New England. All they did, Bill Belichick did this. They go, all right, you got Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Those are your two big boys. They double bracketed Diggs and Thielen all day. They said, I dare you to have someone else beat us. And Kirk just had no options that game. He couldn't do it. It. The biggest difference this time, though, for me, is if the Pats want to play like that, the Vikings this time have a secret weapon named TJ Hawkinson, a third mm-hmm. option, a legit yeah. option. And he's going to be the big X factor over the middle, the security blanket. He's going to be able to take advantage of all this single coverage and make them pay for taking out guys like JJ. He's coming off that bad game. I know he's hungry to get back. And I think he's in line for a big game Thursday. Who's maybe one playmaker like that that comes to mind for you, for either team? And I know we do look at this Pats offense as a whole and say, man, not worried but after watching the Vikings defense dismantle and fall apart Sunday are you worried at all so the Patriots run game has been pretty strong guys like Ramondre Stevenson back there just doing work looking like old school Lawrence Maroney out there (laughs) yeah yeah. uh but but also uh Janu Smith like Mm. the dude Mm -hmm. can can kind of get behind the coverage like he's an explosive tight end that kind of is like that hybrid wide receiver type thing kind of reminds you of like a, a Delaney Walker oh, or dude, like nice a, a, a Jared Cook or something mm-hmm. like that like a, a guy that is All really former nimble Tennessee at his Titans position. you just mentioned by the way yeah because he is too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is interesting like, yeah and so uh I, I think you, you you watch out for a guy like him who can be an explosive dude for them in that pass game. The the other guys, like, I'm really not necessarily, like, scared of them, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, just if they play sound and, and Patrick Peterson is is playing how he wants to play, like, I think they can, they can do all right against that receiver core. But, you know, you have to be on guard for the run and you have to be on guard with, with Mac and Cheese and, and mm-hmm. Smith uh, playing that, that, you know, that Romo blanky on Thanksgiving type type performance. <laughs> some injuries, some big names we got to key in on. Remember, Caleb Evans, he's trying to make his way back. They desperately need him because not only is Andrew Booth picked on last week, and he too will be out this game. And then getting Dalvin Tomlinson back, that will be massive boost to help plug that run. Patriots, meanwhile, holding on for dear life on the offensive line. Already down two starters. They're likely to be down for sure Isaiah Wynn, maybe their center as well. That leaves just two starters 
starting tackles left on the roster. Reg, yesterday I kind of brought these names up. You said, wait a minute, too early to tell. I'm not sure yet. Now we're a day away. Have a better idea of what kind of impact these injuries are going to have. Quick thoughts on how these injuries affect both teams' play calling and strategy. So a Caleb Evans returned to practice in a limited capacity mm-hmm. and Booth sat out as a non-participant with the knee injury. I don't mm-hmm. believe that uh, Dalvin Tomlinson will rush it back. I think probably one more game. He was a okay. limited participant in practice. Probably one more game. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't see him just trying to push it in this one uh, when they will have a little bit of a break, you know, with the, the Thanksgiving game having a few more days off and maybe we see him that next week. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Zadarius Smith is going to, he's just a gamer man. Like, yeah, this is what he does around, now. Like, yeah. yeah. Just holding that knee together with duct mm-hmm. tape and gum and paper clips. And he's just like dragging it out. Like, come on knee, let's go. We're out of here. And I think he'll, I think he'll play and, and, you know, look for him to have, uh, an impact in that game. Something that is interesting, you know, added to the injury report, dealing with the toe injury, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. He was a full participant in practice, so I don't expect okay. him to to have any lingering effects from anything. He's going to go out there and give it a go as well. He's been fairly healthy throughout his uh, career in the NFL yep. so far. After, you know, missing the first few games of his NFL career, he's been pretty much – as uh you know consistent as possible yeah yeah yeah, he's he's just been out there doing his thing so look this whole thing with caleb evans though is interesting because like he still hasn't cleared the protocol and you're not really sure if booth is gonna like it's not looking good if a guy just continues to sit out practice with a knee injury it it Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily seem to be you know, that promising when you look at it with the game being tomorrow. So mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what to think about that. that those are going to be big, big impacts for for that um, for that team, especially when you already talk about Christian Derrissaw being out as well with the concussion. So that's going to be a tough task with all these injuries piling up, something that KLC really hasn't had to deal with as much as maybe some of the other teams, they've been a relatively healthy bunch, but mm-hmm. that's how it goes in the NFL, just general attrition. You know, it it wears on you because of the nature of the sport. So he's dealing with it just like other teams are, are dealing with it. So we'll see how he can kind of game plan around some of these injuries. Yeah, wasn't long ago going into the bye week and then they played the Cardinals. Like Vikings were one of, if not the most healthy team in the league. And like KOC said last week, couple injuries. Every team gets smacked in the mouth this time of year. It's how you respond. Guys are trying to look inward and say, what can I do? So a lot of good points there. Hey, you know, one of the biggest storylines here is the student versus the teacher. KOC Mm -hmm. taking on his disciple, Bill Belichick. Now, obviously, Big Bill. He's the GOAT. Legit, maybe the best head coach of all time in any sport. That case can be made. But KOC, in the small sample size, he's massively overachieved already. Where does he rank amongst his fellow peer rookie head coaches right now in your book? You got Eberflus in Chicago, Daniels in Miami, Brian Dable doing the Giants, and then Hackett over in Denver. Where's KOC in that mix for you? KOC is right there. You know, if, if you want to talk about the guys that are doing the darn thing, you put KOC up there, you put Dayball and McDaniel. And mm-hmm. those are the three. Um, out of the three, you know, KOC and Dayball have the best record. 
with their football team. So it's kind of like neck and neck. I think it is remarkable. Some would argue that the Giants really haven't played anyone, you know, of consequence, Mm -hmm. but the record is what the record is. And so, you know, I would argue that with the talent that they have on that Giants team, it's going to be interesting when they play the the Vikings uh, coming up in a month and that's going to be interesting to see like where those two teams measure up because I think their record and the Vikings record are a little, little different, you know, like I think it it, it means a little bit differently. The the talent assembled on both teams are, are, are different. You know, Mm -hmm. I I would even say it's a stark difference, but yeah, the dolphins are like the, the cats meow right now in the NFL Mm -hmm. people, putting them ahead of the Vikings in the rankings right now, even with what the Vikings have accomplished, even though the Vikings have beat the Dolphins this year, like, you know, they're an explosive offense. They, they look fun. So, you know, that that's the team that everybody is, is looking at. So probably between KOC and Mike McDaniel right now. Yeah, I'm with you. Like KOC has to have a B plus, if not a minus grid in my book with what he's been given. Outstanding promise for the future and things to come. Super encouraging. Can't wait to see him with a full year under his belt next year too. And his own guys, he wants to be brought in. Here's what I'll say about Brian Dable. Seven wins, already more wins than anyone expected of him. And he's got six more games to play. Now, you did mention, all right, they really haven't played anybody. Well, they play in arguably the toughest division in football right now. So when it's all said and done at the end of the year, they're going to have to play the Eagles twice, the Cowboys twice, and even Washington, who's red hot right now with Heineke twice, too. So we'll see how he finishes at the end of the year. You know, you look at the disparity between the two rosters. Remember, Vikings had the competitive rebuild. KLC's got some toys to work with. Mm-hmm. Dabble, he's squeezed every single little last drop he can out of that roster, gotten the absolute most he could get out of Daniel Jones. I don't think a lot of people were expecting much there. His entire roster, if you go look, is banged up and depleted right now. No team in the league may have more injuries than the Giants right now. They're down Mm -hmm. two handful of starters across the board. If he can keep winning games in that division with the depth chart the way it is, a lot of people are going to look at him as the favorite for coach of the year, but still a lot of games to play yet. So we'll see how he shakes out. Daniels, I've just been really impressed with him too in Miami, man. That offense, as you say, cooking with gas. I really didn't know if he would be too gimmicky and too young to handle the big show, but he's just incredibly smart, man. Just a boy genius offensively. Eberflus, uh, you know, he's got potential. I'm going to give him an incomplete grade because they traded all their studs away. Justin Fields has no help. Nathaniel Hackett, it's toast, man. Can't hack it. Can't hack it. Yeah, I mean, they're just, they're in trouble in Denver, man. Between the wrong head coaching hire, the wrong quarterback, the fact you dumped in all that money in draft picks for the next three years, they're not looking good. Pete Carroll swindled them with the con job of the century. I'll just say Mm. that. All right, coming up, we're getting into some more overreactions in reality. But first, Vikings now 15-1 to to win their Super Bowl after that blowout to Dallas. Vikings open this week to the Patriots as three-point favorites at home in the backyard at the bank. Make sure to keep tabs all season long and check those odds out and more with bet online betonline.net fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds lines and games stats news info you want it they got it nfl nhl nba even mma and ufc bet online makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs go to betonline.net today to learn more that's betonline.net 
where the game starts. And remember, when you subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and Ron, they're talking football every day in the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective right here on Superior Sports Talk. And the Minnesota Football Party brings together the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Lockdown Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcasts. Drop us that five-star review or find our videos on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Remember, you can now find us streaming as well on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for our Lockdown Sports Minnesota app. Enjoy all our content and daily shows for free at your fingertips any day, anytime. All right. Let's wrap up the NFC North conversation that we started yesterday. We talked Packers and Vikings. I want to know if this is an overreaction or reality. Let's go to Chicago. The Bears' Justin Fields is not a clutch quarterback. Overreaction or reality? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's an overreaction. You look at that offense, the line is not great. Mm-hmm. You know, they they pretty much had to change the whole offense. I don't know what it was that they were trying to do with Justin Fields to start the season, but they changed the offense up. Just kind of made him more of a hybrid run slash pass quarterback. It's funny. He's doing more running now with the Bears than we saw at Ohio State to the point where we're like, we're like, dang, I didn't even know this dude had this in his arsenal. Like he's running away from dudes. I didn't even know he had that because he really wasn't doing a lot of that at Ohio State. He was pretty much like a pure passer i mean mm-hmm. he wasn't not like a Dwayne haskins or something mm-hmm. like that but he was he was a guy that dropped back and and he would let it fly he, he was accurate with the deep ball through a very good deep ball in college and so that was something that you saw that would translate to the nfl look that that defense they they do okay they do well enough Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, they they have some guys that they're missing now, trading away Robert Quinn, Raquan Smith, like those dudes are gone. So now they're doing the best that they can. The offense, they did trade for Chase Claypool. And so they're they're trying to help him out. But going into this season, me and you both talked about it. They didn't do enough to help this young quarterback. And I'm glad that they've changed the offense up because he was just back there just miserable like he was not enjoying himself and now all of a sudden this offense looks more reinvigorated it was almost like they figured something out when they came to minnesota uh and played the vikings because they looked putrid and then all of a sudden they started to turn some things around that seemed to like start something and this offense is humming i was just watching a few highlights of theirs this morning and that offense looks completely different. Got mm-hmm. guys like Mooney, Cole Komet looks mm-hmm. wonderful in that offense. And when they kind of bring Chase Claypool along and get him involved as well, you know, they, they got high hopes for Velas Jones. They're going to have to have another good draft and maybe a, a free agent or two pickup weapon-wise, get that line straightened out. And then maybe we can have another conversation about Justin Fields. But he looks like the real deal. To not call him clutch would be kind of unfair. I'm totally with you. Like, I get the narrative why people are saying that. He has thrown interceptions in consecutive weeks in the fourth quarter versus the Lions and Falcons now. His passer rating is 60 in the last quarter, which is dead last in the league. But like you said, he's doing it without the help of anyone around him. It's ridiculous. I mean, come on. The other three quarters, he's been red hot, single-handedly carried this team to 30-plus points Every week, he's becoming that dude, that dude right before our eyes. And once Mm -hmm. they actually get him some real talent and help, I'm with you. This guy looks like the real deal. This was always going to be a lost year anyways. This stuff is great. 
for young quarterbacks development and progression to battle through some of this stuff anyways all valuable learning experience for next year yeah maybe he's not clutch now but I wouldn't bet against him he will be in the not so distant future and funny as much as they struggled the first few weeks too everybody you know looked at that draft class ah, maybe he's not the answer Look at Zach Wilson struggling in New York right now. They he, they might bench him right now this week. He was the number two pick. Justin Fields went, what, 10 picks later. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, Justin Fields versus Zach Wilson debate? It's not so close right now. Next one up, Cowboys are the second best team in the NFC. Overreaction or is that reality? Eh, I think it's all relative right now because the NFL is just so fickle. You know, Mm -hmm. especially when you look at what the Vikings did, like the Vikings are not what they put on the field against the Cowboys. I just don't believe that. I don't think they're that much inferior to the Cowboys, but it just it was a bad game. They caught them on a bad time and it just it didn't go well. Uh, The Cowboys, I never believe in the Cowboys, man. Somehow, some way they always blow it. Mm-hmm. And with Mike McCarthy as the head coach, like, there's going to be some goofy stuff going on. We just see it. It's like OBJ, they're clamoring to sign him. I'm like, do you, OBJ, mm-hmm. do you really want to go down yeah, there? Yeah, are you sure? Like, I don't know where to put the Cowboys, but they're, they're, they're good, though. They're good. People are going to say, well, I don't know who's better than them as the second team because they're going to say Minnesota. you can't put Minnesota ahead of them because they just got trounced by them. And it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. That's what people right. are going to say. Niners are right there too. But really, Niners, Vikings, Cowboys, it's just all in that second tier behind the Eagles right now. So yeah. you're right. Week-to-week ebbs and flows. It changes all the time. Next one up, Jalen Hurts. Top five quarterback in the NFL. Overreaction or reality? Duh. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's I got mean, the numbers to prove it, and he's he's gone up against some great teams this season, mowed them down. Like, his development from last year to this year huge job. is remarkable, man. Like, he looks like, an, he looks like the next, like, I don't know, Donovan McNabb back there. Like, if mm-hmm. we're talking about Eagles quarterbacks, like, he's, he's bringing them a dynamic that they haven't seen since Michael Vick was the quarterback there. And so I, I really enjoy watching him play. He's got the weapons now with, you know, with, when Goddard gets healthy and he's got, you know, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins. Like, he's got the dudes to play. And then you look at his legs as well. Like, he looks good, man. I, I know he's had uh, some struggles the last couple games. You know, didn't look necessarily all world against the Colts or Washington when they took their first loss of the season, but I believe in this guy. Yeah, he looks like Donovan McNabb, and he's got his Terrell Owens, too, and A.J. Brown, too. What more do you want? Dude is top five in countless categories and statistics. He's led his team to the best record in the NFC. All they do is win. He's progressed as the pocket passer, as you mentioned. He knows how to close out games. There's just not five other quarterbacks I'd want if I needed to win one game right now the way he's playing. I mean, period. Last one here real quick. Taylor Heineke will be the commander's starting quarterback in 2023 just no. that reaction what do you think no no doubt no. It, no. it's fine now he's like ryan fitzpatrick or something like it's it's fine now but like they've been there done that last year and they ended up going with carson wentz in the offseason so look he's a capable quarterback especially you know knowing that a couple years ago he was like a ups it was either ups yeah. or a fedex driver like mm-hmm. he was working for them like it's a great story but I, it's exactly yeah. what we saw against the Vikings. Like, 
after a while, like he's going to make a mistake that's going to cost the team. And he did exactly that on cue when they played the Vikings. And look, he's playing well now. It's it's all cuties on the plane with the chains and the bush light and all that <laughs> stuff getting fined. And, and he's yeah. buying the Jays after he beats whatever team in that color scheme. So like that's cute and all, but I, I just don't believe it. Long yeah, term. but didn't you hear what your boy said, Terry McLaurin, after they beat the Eagles on Scott Van Pelt? He plays every down like it's his last. That entire locker room wants to go to battle with him every day. They were one and four. Now he took over. They won five of the last six games. He buys the Jordans, like you said. He's not a first-round pick with all the money buying all these. So he's a UDFA making peanuts, and he's still buying his locker room and teammates and prezzies after the game. I'm just saying he's got the respect of the locker room and the guys around him. And I think the locker room and some of those players, they want Heineke. Now, I don't know what the GM and the coach are going to do, but I know if you have some of those players they do like going to battle with Heineke all right time has come give me one segment but we're doing Thanksgiving style rapid fire because I want to know what Reggie's Thanksgiving spread is looking like okay first one up give me one turkey or ham give me one now when I say these I want you to think like the most elevated option that you can think of right honey glazed ham or a bourbon ham the best option you can think of all right so turkey or ham give me one look I try to stay away from that swine my brother so you know I I try yeah I try to regulate my mind mm-hmm. away from mm-hmm. that swine my brother <laughs> and so I, I think i i'm not big i'm not a big pork guy so it's turkey for me but my father-in-law fries a turkey and okay. my whole life Ooh. has been changed uh, oh, over the goodness. years so mm. yeah i, I, I fried turkey is what i'm gonna at. have to put that on my list that you're not the first person to tell me that all right potatoes or stuffing you only get one but again it could be whatever you want mashed potatoes loaded baked potatoes scalloped potatoes you name it or stuffing give me one Look, the star of Thanksgiving, especially in the black household, mm-hmm. is the dressing. We don't call it stuff, mm-hmm. we call it dressing. And that's what I've been that's what I've been looking forward to. Every holiday, when when it comes down to the fall and the winter, I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving and Christmas. I want my dressing. No is there disrespect a secret to the potato. To it? Like, what's the secret? Like, I, you know, the I secret mean, is just... my mama and, okay. and my grandmother's <laughs> recipe. That's what it is. I love it. All right. Thanksgiving sides, mac and cheese, butternut squash, or sweet potato casserole. Or you could even throw in a wild card off the board option. Give me one of those if, Thanksgiving if sides. If dressing is 1A, mac and cheese is 1B. You got to have it. You got to have it. And and for me, it's got to be baked, ooey, mm. gooey, cheesy with the with the crunch on top, you know, with the with the little, you know, the, the mm. melted cheese that, that has kind of browned a little bit. Mm-hmm. And now it's just, it's ooey gooey. Yeah, you're making me hungry. It's early. Dude, 8.30 in the morning, I'm ready to chow down already. <laughs> Two left here, real quick. Get some bread to scoop all this up with. You going dinner rolls, biscuits, cornbread. Give me one of those. So I, I I default on the cornbread because if you got the dressing, like the cornbread is in there. So we always do the dinner rolls with it little dinner roll action if you got the hawaiian rolls oh yeah more more mm. the merrier you know mm. all the better throw those in the oven just a yeah, little gotta bit heat get a little up. warmth on it yeah and yep. man with all of that like marrying together oh. you know a little sweet with mm-hmm. some of the dressing and all the other stuff it just it takes a little cranberry sauce on there yeah mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Speaking of sweet, last one, fourth quarter, kickback now in the lazy boy, belts coming off. You got the meat sweats going, but the <laughs> sweet tooth is cooking in. Yeah. You look at the watch. What time is it? It's pie time, baby. Pumpkin, apple, pecan, lemon meringue, coconut pie. I mean, what's your pie of choice? Where are you going? 
Sweet potato pie, man. That's Ooh. our that's our thing. Wow. That's our thing. The sweet potato pie, wow. specifically the one that my mom makes, is it's fantastic. I've never it's had fantastic it. sweet potato pie, man. It will change man. your life. And then wow. right behind it is pecan pie. But my mom also makes a really good seven up pound cake as well. Fantastic. Wow. Little ice cream with it. You're blowing it, my mind yeah. right now. All Fantastic. these you're throwing at me. So, I just I need mean, to invite needs... you to the next Thanksgiving. Dude, I'm in, man. I'm, I'm would, in. I'll just hang out in the treat. background and, and take the leftovers, whatever you got, man. Little I'm in, greens, but... little dressing, little sweet hmm. potatoes, little, you know, my, my aunt makes a, a mac and cheese, little, oh. little, she makes a mashed potato casserole. My mom will do the pecan pie, the sweet potato pie, the cake. You're going to leave there with diabetes. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we went deep fried turkey from the father-in-law. You got dressing, mac and cheese, a little cranberry threw in there. You defaulted to cornbread, Hawaiian rolls, another option, and then the sweet potato pie and pecan, mm. another option over mm. there as well. That is a spread, man. I love it. That's the way to roll. All right, Reg, before we go, give me one favorite Thanksgiving football memory. I mean, Randy Moss, three catches, buck 63, three touchdowns versus the Cowboys. Maybe the greatest Thanksgiving performance of all time two years later vikings played again you had moss carter robert smith dante culpepper vikings beat the cowboys 27 15 they get that john madden turducken after the game that was great but my earliest childhood memory thanksgiving football barry sanders mm. three touchdowns in 1997 i remember we were all huddled around grandma and grandpa's little 30 inch old school tube tv but peak barry era remember shaking and baking the moves yeah. he put on professional football players you've seen the highlights so magical as a kid it got me into the game of football at a young age and as much as i was obsessed with moss growing up barry was always my first true love so that's my thanksgiving football memory you got one that comes to mind you always think back and reminisce about so I was 14 years old when mm -hmm. this happened, mm -hmm. but Peyton Manning against the Lions in 2004. Oh, man, that was a that Clark, was a, Reggie yeah, Wayne, yeah, Joseph yeah, Adai. Was, yeah, and if you remember, he had 49 touchdown passes that year. Oh my gosh! And that game, they went off like that was one of those games where it was just like, dang, Detroit. Like, uh, I'm sorry, you guys, but th this is Peyton Manning's territory. You know, 23 of 28 passes, six went for touchdowns, three to Harrison and Stokely. Like, that was a game, dude. That was a game. They had the, they had the all white on. The mm. Lions had the cool looking 19 whatever jerseys on, and, and they took them straight back to 19 whatever because Peyton Manning cooked those boys up that day. What a great game. I mean, as you say it, I'm starting to remember that, man. There's so many, they all kind of get meshed together a little bit. But I remember that peak Peyton era with the Colts, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark, just such a dirty combo. That's great. All right, well, now it's the Vikings' turn to make some more historical memories on the field tomorrow in what's sure to be a great game. Reg, God bless you, man, and the fam. You guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend together. Yeah, Stay well, safe. Well. Enjoy the slate of football. Enjoy the spread and everything else, brother. All right? Sounds good. And turn to care 11. We got you going, uh, got the coverage on lock six to seven, taking you up to kickoff of Vikings Patriots. Love it. All right. That's a wrap today. Remember like rate review, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day. Another episode, 30 minute breakdown, everything, Minnesota sports. That's the man Reggie Wilson on Twitter at Reggie Wilson TV. Check him out. Like he said, every night up on care 11, Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. We're back Monday with another episode of superior sports talk, part of lockdown sports, Minnesota for Reggie. I'm Luke until Monday. Have a great and safe holiday weekend. Skull Vikes, 
signing out. Be blessed. Spread love. 